Hello, everybody. So, I tried something different this week with the audio, and it didn't work out too well. So, this episode has, I'd say, subpar audio. But that being said, still a fun episode. Hopefully, you still listen. And now I know what not to do. But enjoy the episode. Everybody and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and George has a pink dick. Who who's George? We'll get into that later on. Stick around. <laughs> oh, you mean oh that George? That makes more sense. I thought you were referring to like George Costanza. Oh no, it's um. So when when I was watching this, and in, in the first part of this uh episode that we're about to cover i looked in the comments because it's always fun to see the youtube comments and the first comment said wow this is horrible and then two spaces down said george has a pink dick in all caps (laughs) (laughs) so there's that if you think this is going to be a bad episode you're wrong because that's the first thing i noticed that is your introduction into this show yep that's eddie by the way um you bet (laughs) uh we covered a show this week called Life on a Stick. So this was a Fox show. A lot of stuff will make sense now that you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The laugh track that constantly goes off will be one of the things you understand, too. Oh, my God. It it It's shot like it's supposed to be like a... Not a, a multicam, but not multicam sitcom, if, if a, that makes sense. If a laugh track was a machine gun, it was wielded by a kindergartner. Jesus. That's how this show was created. So this show aired from March 24th to April 27th, 2005. They made 13 episodes. They only aired... Let me do some quick maths here. Seven? No, eight. They only aired eight of them, which left uh, five unaired. The show doesn't really have anybody famous in it, I guess. There was, there was like a voice that I heard that sounded really familiar of one of the, one of the friends of the main characters, um, I think the sidekick kind of guy. His voice sounded familiar, like it's from something, but I don't know if it was as a disembodied voice, like he's just a voice actor usually, or if I've seen him in something before. Right. Yeah, he sounded very familiar, but that could have also just been like his stereotypical like dude bro voice. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah. So this show, the reason it's called Life on a Stick is because the two main characters work at a corndog stand. Turns out this show is actually originally called Related by Family, which makes a lot more sense. You know, it's kind of funny. I didn't even realize because I don't think they mention it too much that they work at a corndog stand. I just thought like it was a stereotypical like fast food joint. Yeah, it looks like it's... I don't know. It looks like it's a fast food it's place. It's just very it's, generic. It's very bizarre. I was too focused on the hat. <laughs> Their hats are ridiculous. Their hats are basically shaped like a hot dog. About three feet high. Yeah, it's like um, if you took SpongeBob's uh, Krusty Krab hat and elongated it. 
That, that, that's accurate. So the show starts off in the uh, corndog facility. Oh, this actually, they make fries there. That just reminded me. They're making fries. Oh, yeah. The frying, frying things is a, a key part of this episode. Yep. So Fred is just kind of staring at the fries as they're cooking. And Laz comes in and goes, dude, you're staring at the fries again. And he goes off on this whole, like, oh, it's like a party for the fries in there. Some, like, weird... It, it makes it seem as though, like, they're establishing him as the idiot of the series. Yeah, they they kind of both establish them as idiots in this one scene. Yeah. So the owner slash manager of this establishment, this hot dog establishment, he comes out and says, hey, the fries are done. You're wasting my oil. Which... I've worked with oil before. That's not how it works. Right. It it's it gets soaked up, like, but it doesn't disappear. Some people don't change the oil for years. It's not advised, but they don't do it. And some people run their cars on it. Yeah, oh yeah. That's been around for, like, a while, too. Like, way longer than Tesla and all that shit. That's true. It was kind of like the first hybrid. So Mr. Hutt is, like, pissed off about it and walks away. And Laws goes, does Mr. Hutt's rage remind you of anyone from the fifth grade? And then he goes, Hitler? I like how they kind of led with a Hitler joke. It was the second joke in the lineup. Literally, like, the second joke of this entire series. They mentioned, like, oh, this job sucks, except for the hats. Which, they are pretty badass hats. Yeah, I mean, I think that hat would at least slightly lessen the suck of working at a corndog stand. I just want that hat. They were very colorful, too. Very colorful, but they were only three colors. It was red, yellow, and blue. Which, why is it? It's. I feel like when you put three colors in large patches, it just makes them always look crazy. Like, when you have those propeller hats, those are usually only, like, three to four colors, and then, like, but they're just large patches. It actually looked like one of those propeller hats. Kind of, but just, like, really, really tall. So, uh, Mr. Hutt starts yelling at... Lily, who is the female employee that Laws has a crush on, and he's just like, he basically says to Fred, he's yelling at my Lily. I can't have him yelling at my Lily. Oh, you're Lily? Did you talk to her yet? Yes. Well, almost. And then he goes over there and says, Mr. Hutt, I can't have you yelling at my Lily. And Lily says, my Lily? Oh, I'm sorry, we haven't formally met. I'm Laws. And he ends up getting fired. Well, he kind of he kind of tried to lead a rebellion. He didn't just say that. He like he went on like a full on like Spartacus style speech, where he thought that everyone was gonna stand behind him and like be like, "I am also Spartacus," and like all quit. Anybody that's worked in fast food will know that that is not the case. No, because anyone working in fast food knows it's just an ends to a means. Like they're just working there to get their money and go like pursue their dreams. So then we get like a hard cut after he's just like, everybody's going to, if if you fire me, everybody's going to quit with me. Then we get a hard cut to them just sitting on a couch and Fred saying, oh, wow, I can't believe Mr. Hutt fired you. And Laws says, oh, well, it would have been great if like anybody went with me. Like my best friend didn't even go with me. And Fred says, well, I mean, I stormed out an hour later. That's because it was the end of your shift. I thought that was kind of a funny goof. I did enjoy that. And he brings up Spartacus saying, like, 
look, look how they stick together. If you turn into Spartacus, everybody's going to walk free. But all these people are just like, no, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. And they take the blame and make sure that Spartacus doesn't get turned in. Yeah, it's basically the whole, like, idea of, like, I don't know, mob mentality. And if we all stand together, we're way more powerful than individually. But individually, none of them gave a shit. So then we find out that Laz's parents are going to kick him out because he's 19 and still living at home without any uh, ambition. He doesn't go to college or anything. He just works at this corn dog stand. I mean, maybe he has passion for corn dogs. Maybe well, he wants to revolutionize the corn dog industry. Maybe he wants to put bacon bits in the cornbread. Eddie, we we need to we need to trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's bacon bit corn dogs. Eddie's Just Eddie's bits. Eddie's bits. Ed- Eddie's bits. That sounds terrible. Hey, do you want to put Eddie's bits in your mouth? Please don't. That's please, that's what the commercial is going to be. Leave me alone. I don't want any of you here. This is my house. <laughs> come on down to Eddie's bits. Don't don't come Get here. Him. I don't want you here. Stay home. And have a mouthful of Eddie's bits. Stay home, please. So, so there's a knock on the garage door. Laz opens it. It's Laz's dad. And he's just like, you know, you know, the door was unlocked. Well, yeah, but I'm trying out this new lotion and I couldn't open the door. What? Which is the most relatable moment of this show. Wait, really? What? I don't. You've, you've never had that happen where you throw on lotion and then you're like, oh, fuck, I need to open a door. I don't really use lotion that much. Eddie, you don't throw lotion on Eddie's bits. This is not going to end. <laughs> I, I want a better name now. A better name for the product or a better name for yourself? Both. <laughs> Laz's dad is basically saying like, oh, you're. by the way, I'm trying to avoid Molly because your stepmom set her up on a date and it didn't go well. And Molly is... His stepdaughter, Laz's stepsister. And Laz says, Well, Dad, I need to talk to I need to talk to you about moving out. And his dad responds with, Oh, I'm not moving out, son, no matter how bad it gets, and just walks away. That was kind of kind of another funny flip. The dad is literally the only funny character on this show. He is kind of funny, but they're both just like terribly, tragically bad parents. Oh, one hundred percent. Like it's just I think that was one of the things that made the show awkward for me i was just like you guys aren't really funny you're just like really bad and like shouldn't have had kids like i don't this is unfortunate for the kids so um molly comes in and she's pissed off because her mom set her up on a date and the date didn't go very well the guy asked her or the guy the first thing the guy said to her was Oh, you don't... I thought you'd look more like your mom. And then the second thing that he said to her was, Ow, my crotch. Yeah. And then Laz says, Wow, that's pretty rude of a guy to bring up his crotch on the first date. I think it's ruder to say you're not as hot as your mom. Yeah, that's, um... That's not very good. Seems like a no-go for me, at least. I don't know. I'm just a person. I'm just some guy. Who has bits for sale? Come buy Eddie's bits. (laughs) (laughs) 
You've leaned into it. You've leaned into the bit. Hashtag, has, hashtag 599. At, <laughs> at stars near you. Can you put a price in a hashtag? I just did. Okay. <laughs> Take that. Bill O'Reilly, you fucking scoundrel. Molly's mom comes in. She starts yelling at Molly about the whole thing. She's sassy. She's very sassy. She's very sassy. And then she leaves. Laz says, Fred, it bothers me when you check out my mom or my stepmom's ass. And Fred says, yeah, but it's such a nice ass. I wish she was my stepmom. Wait, no, ew. Why are there so many weirdly sexual references within the characters? It bothers me because most of them are in the same family. Yeah, it's also a Fox show, so that's probably the reasoning. So then we cut to the garage where Molly's mom and uh, Laz's dad are talking about like all the issues with Molly, with Laz, and how their only good son is their combined son, Gus. Basically talking about how bad they are at parenting. Yeah. And then the dad tries to get some by rubbing lotion on her. It works. They bang in the garage. To which she says, do you think the kids know that we bang in the garage? And he and he was like, no, I don't think they know. I don't think they know we even have a garage. Yeah. And then uh, Laz goes to talk to Gus, his little brother. Or his little half-brother, technically. And this kid is like, he's just doling out sage wisdom as a nine-year-old. He was a notable character, too. Wasn't he from something? I don't think so. No, he he definitely was. I recognized him immediately. He's from something. I just don't know what. Laz says, oh, I got fired. And Gus says, come on, dude. I don't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? Like, the kid's, like, kind of scolding him, like, you're, you're, you oh, need to get oh. your shit together. Oh, I thought he was saying, like, it's all your fault. I was like, that's just being a bad friend. Like, <laughs> well, no, he was saying, like, you got fired. Come on. From a corn dog place. Yeah, that's true. It's not like he does can't get, like, another job equal or better. So Gus is trying to help him figure out a way to not get kicked out. The parents walk in to go hang out with Gus. And Gus basically told Laz, just tell him you hit a bump and you need more time to stay at the house. And then six months later, oop, you hit another bump. So Laz tells him, I hit a bump. The dad goes, with your car? No. Oh, I don't care then. <laughs> I like that. And they say that they're actually not going to kick him out because he connects with Molly. None of the others do. Basically because they're parents. Yeah, they're shitty parents. They're shitty parents, and then, like, the other one's nine, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> prime prime candidates here. And they basically hate their children except for Gus. That's, like, a running theme throughout this show. That's why it made me so uncomfortable. It's like there's nothing funny about being bad parents and just acknowledging that you're bad at being parents. It's just sad. You're ripping apart a family that shouldn't have existed in the first place. <laughs> so they go to, uh, or Fred shows up at the house, says, hey, uh, turns out that Mr. Hut is pissed off. Mr. Pizza Hut? <laughs> Mr. Corndog Hut. Mr. Jabba the Hut? Do you think he's related? 
I think he could be a distant relative. From a long, long time ago. In a different universe. That yeah, because that's what the the scrolling text in the beginning says. Yeah. A long, long time ago, but in a different universe. Well, I'm saying I don't think these universes are connected, so you'd have. Well, to, I mean, technically, you'd have to insert it into the Star Wars universe somehow. Maybe looking at you, Lucasfilms. Yeah, looking at you. Stop making like bullshit movies based on one character and make franchise movies again, assholes. Yes. You know, maybe Laz and Fred. They get a new job. They're selling corn dogs at the cantina. Oh my god! Fun fact: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on this subject, but I saw something, and I don't know when it's coming out. But Disney, I think, or Universal or something, is trying to make like, or are making rather, and like an entire cantina, um, area like from Star Wars at their park, and it's gonna be like, with virtual or augmented reality or something too. It sounds dope as fuck. It's going to be the new Harry Potter world. But, like, way better. Oh, yeah. Not so, I'm not hating in Harry Potter world. I've been there, and it's amazing. So so Fred shows up, says that Mr. Hutt's not going to pay them because he's a dick. And he's, he's not paying any of the workers. Specifically because he's a dick. Yep. So they bring Molly, and they go to the mall to, like, yell at him. And as they get there, Lily is just dumping soda. She's, like, just pressing on the nozzle. It's just pouring down. Molly says, you know, that works better when there's a cup there. But but then she tells her that she is indeed just wasting soda to waste money because she hates the dude that owns the place. Very valid reason to waste soda. Yes, but here's the thing. The soda is the cheapest thing. Yeah, but if you're pouring it at that rate, that's like, that's a good amount. Six dollars. It racks up, man. So, uh, while... They are there, yelling at Mr. Hutt. Molly and Lily bond a little bit. Mr. Hutt leaves and says, like, I'm not paying you guys still. So they decide they're going to fry some shit. A lot of shit. Some some kid comes up ordering a corn dog and they go, you want us to fry your textbook? He goes, yeah, sure. I love that scene because, you know, you want it. Half of you wants it not to go as planned and him to be like, no, this is my textbook, you idiot. Why would I do that? Because that'd be hilarious for him to just shut them down. But it's also, for some reason, equally as enjoyable that, that he was like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, this kid, like, zero context, just goes, yeah, fucking fry it. Like, Which maybe back then would have been an appropriate premise because I think maybe back then books weren't expensive. I don't know. I was in, in college, like, 10 years ago. Um, but... At least today, you're frying about $300. So maybe don't fry your college book. Unless that's an assignment. Unless you have like a teacher, like a uh, like a good, not Goodwill Hunting, like a Dead Poets Society-esque Robin Williams teacher. No, unless that's your final because you need that book. So you're telling me if Robin Williams showed up to your class and said, stand on your desk, fry your books, you wouldn't do it? Well, that would be a ghost. I would be terrified. Fair point. <gasps> yeah. He could be the real life genie now. Ooh. Someone find his soul and trap it in a lamp. I will pay you $5. For the lamp? For both. For both. Mm, that's that's a tough bargain. For I'm not budging both. Both. Uh. You know what? 
throw in a few of those Eddie's bits and you got a deal. I will give you five. <laughs> <laughs> so they fry the book. Then they decide they're going to fry. They're going to coat everything in the uh, in Mr. Hutt's office in the corn dog batter and deep fry it. It looks great, I think. I mean, the office does look pretty delicious afterwards. You know what's funny is it kind of reminded me for some reason of Mr. Krabs' office after they fried everything. Because crabs are edible? I don't know. I just think his office looks kind of like gritty and grungy. And like that's kind of like what frying everything in this dude's office made it look like. That's fair. Look like they've been underwater for like 50 years. So while they're uh, frying the office, basically, Jasper, who is the kid who fried his textbook, he starts flirting with Molly. Then Lily kisses Laz, saying like, hey, I want you to go fry everything. And Laz was a little hesitant, and then she kisses him. And she's, he's like, okay, fine, I'm going to go fry everything. I would fry the organ I care most about to please her. But I don't think it would. Whoa. What organ does he care most about, though? Because it might not be the one you're thinking of. Let's think about this here. Okay, so he works with corn dogs, so he does need his fingers. He does need his fingers. He talks a lot, his lips and his vocal cords. So maybe his throat, his esophagus, fried esophagus, esophagus. You know, if I know one thing about women, they love ears. Ooh, fried ears. Chocolate-covered fried ears. Fried ear, fried Eerios. Fried Eerios. There you go. And we have squeezed out every drop of comedy in air quotes. Oh, no, hold on, no, hold on. I have one. I have one. I forgot to say it earlier because he makes a Hitler joke really early on, and that made me think of a name for a restaurant that has a Hitleric tone to it, and I came up with... Nine guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Hutt comes back. He's basically crying over his deep-fried mother's picture. And well, let me rephrase that. The mother's now deep-fried. The picture of the mother is deep-fried. Right. Although, if they deep-fried his mom, that would be some serious revenge. I think that would that would take this show into dark territory. That sounds like a really good band name. Deep-fried mother? No, really dark territory. Or just dark territory. Erios. What's up? Boston, Massachusetts. We are dark territory. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a Spartacus moment because Mr. Hutt says he's gonna, he wants to find out who deep fried his office. The dimwit that did this. Yep, and Laz is about to confess. He says, I'm the dimwit. And then Lily says, no, I'm the dimwit. And then everybody around goes, no, I'm the dimwit. I'm the dimwit. I am Groot. Yes, Groot shows up in a special appearance. Oh, I wanted it. Like, I know it was, like, so far back. Like, this is, like, a couple... How old is this show? Ten years, maybe? Um, I believe it's actually 18 years old. Oh. No, nope, nope, 15? Or, no, I don't know, Matt. 13 years old. So, yeah, Groot was in the comic books only. Um, if he even existed in them at all. I'm not a huge comic book buff. If you are, I'm sure you're yelling at your TVs or whatever you're looking at currently. Um, but I'm not. So then we cut to 
the house and Laz is sitting on the couch just like he he doesn't give a shit and the parents are scolding him and he says you're going to you're going to pay back every every cent of what you did deep frying that office and the mom goes that's right i ought to hold your head in a toilet underwater until you pass out and the mom goes nope nope don't say that that's bad parenting yeah i felt like it was as soon as i said it then don't ah, fucking think before you speak (laughs) they go to talk to gus and gus says you guys are looking at this all wrong laz is having a good influence on molly because she was willing to take the blame for him which never happens which never happens and she was talking to a boy which also never happens which her mom is calling quote-unquote human traits exactly and then they go back into the living room and lily's there she came in to say, like, I, I was the one that deep fried the office. And they say, we got to throw out that Spartacus DVD. No, you should show it to more people. Clearly, you could start your own cult. And then they walk in on Lily and Laz making out. And they're like, aw. And they stand there for a minute and say, I feel a little awkward watching my son make out, so we're going to leave. Yeah, about that. There was a solid 10 seconds before they said anything that I was like, what are you doing? Get out of there. What? You're still looking. That's when they needed to take it to the garage. Don't like it. Then we get the uh, mid-credit scene, post-credit, whatever. Add credits rolling. The credit scene. The Fredit scene, because Fred shows up. So he just walks in, sits down next to them while they're making out, and there's a solid, like, 15 seconds, and he gets up and goes... Yeah, I feel weird. I'm going to leave. And that's that's life on a stick. Man, I just feel like the on a stick reference has always been so played out. Why'd they have to make it the title of something? I didn't even realize that was a thing. What, on a stick? Yeah. There was like, what was it? I think it was Jeff Dunham who like made that just super played out. Was it because he had the puppets? Yeah, he had a puppet that was on a stick. He was like, a jalapeno on a stick. And it was like his thing. He would say, on a stick, after everything in the Mexican accent. Man, Jeff Dunham's racist. Nope, because he channels his racism through puppets. Everyone knows that the puppets act as an intermediary between him and the racism. They filter it out and then... it goes out to the audience it's like in the shining the kid wasn't evil his his hand was because his hand would be like danny's not here right now mrs torrance precisely the the hand is an intermediary for the rest of the boy uh we're gonna take a quick little brack and then we'll be back Frack. frack Do you ever wonder what would happen if you had a robot select three random elements and then gave those elements to pretend entrepreneurs and then those pretend entrepreneurs use those things to inspire amazing pitches? Hi, I'm Derek, host of The Wild Pitch, and I'll tell you what would happen. You get an absurdist Shark Tank style show called The Wild Pitch. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever podcasts are found. So Eddie... If the show had continued, what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? George has a pink dick.
<laughs> so so we're gonna delve into that i'm just kidding i would never i want to see a group crossover well i mean we already got that in the pilot you don't you remember and Aven- avengers has to taint everything they tainted wait a minute <gasps> eddie i got it eddie i've got it at the end of infinity war everyone that survives they're gonna be like we're going to get corn dogs, and there's a post-credit scene where they're just eating corn dogs. I think it'd be funny if they didn't mention the Avengers at all, but like there was an episode where just random characters just like disintegrated. Like in the background? Just No, like mid-episode. Like the people are having a conversation, and a main character just disintegrates. <laughs> and like it's, it's timed perfectly with like Infinity War or whatever, but... That, would, that posits that this show would have lasted 13 years. I know, but you know what? <laughs> In an alternate universe where things are different and people are different and enjoy laugh tracks and shows because it makes them feel like they're part of something when in reality it actually makes them feel like they're not in the show anymore. Uh, yeah. Maybe it could happen. So I'm thinking this show would probably had two seasons. That seems fair, right? I think two to four, yeah. So I was thinking, you know, maybe the first season, there's an episode where Laz is trying to kind of move up the chain so that way he can take Mr. Hutt out, not on a date or like to kill him, but like he wants to take over the manager position just so they don't have to deal with Mr. Hutt anymore. So corporate comes down and he pitches his idea. You know how, like, Starbucks had the unicorn frappe and all that shit, and that was, like, super popular? He wants to make the unicorn corn dog, and it's basically just a corn dog shaped like a horn. The unicorn dog? Yes, that's going to be a joke in it. Like, he's going to go back and forth with Fred trying to pitch names for it, and Fred goes, oh, I got it, the horn dog. And Laz's going to be like, nope, we're not calling it that. <laughs> Definitely not calling it that one. <laughs> they settle on the unicorn dog. And then, turns out, it gets really popular, but not for the reason you think. It's, um, it's shape and the fact that it is a ribbed object makes it very popular amongst the ladies. I don't like where you're going with this. And, uh... You need to stop now. (laughs) There's a joke at the end where, like, a bunch of women, like, get out of a showing of, like, Fifty Shades of Grey or something, and they're just lined up. And he goes, you are the villain in this movie. (laughs) And Fred goes, hey, isn't that your mom? And his stepmom's there, sees him, locks eyes, and then just walks away. And then, like, maybe the episode ends with Fred going, told you we should have called it the horn dog. The pitch for that episode makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't even want to see the episode. Basically, he made a dildo (laughs) out of a corn dog, is what I'm saying. On Fox doesn't care, so they would. Yeah, this is that. That's not out of context for a Fox show. That would make it. That would. I don't know why or how, with the guidelines that the what you call it have. What's it called? What are those assholes? Yeah, <laughs> that, fuck you guys. That's why I have a pod. Or we have a podcast, asshole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But I wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> so, do you have any ideas? Um, I think, and this is going to sound a bit morbid and dickish, but it's for the best. I think we need an episode where the manager dies early. 
um, for the sake of the show because he would throttle a lot of the creativity that I have for ideas because he is a dick and I don't like dicks in shows that are fun. So he would die by falling, I don't know, into the frying, into the frying pan. That could be the name of the episode, into the, into the frying oil. Into the oil. Or, or like, baptized in oil. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I just think it'd be funny because if, if he's down, like, you saw in the first episode the kind of, like, people that work there other than him. There's not, like, a whole lot of professional heads in this organization. So whoever takes the reins of it next can open it up to what I would want is I want them to expand. It's called Life on a Stick. I want them to have more sticked things at this stand other than just corn dogs. <laughs> I want them to have jalapenos on a stick. I want them to have <laughs> I want them to have butter on a stick. I want them to have fried Oreos on a stick. I want everything on a stick because you named your show that and you need to deliver on that promise. So, Eddie, I want to go off of that. What if it's a Halloween episode and it's a murder mystery? Candy corn on a stick. <laughs> How would that work? Um, so you take the candy corn, you melt it down, you put it into one big mold of one giant corn, you stick the stick through the corn while it's still somewhat soft, let it harden, and then there you go, candy corn on a stick. Oh, that works because it could be a Halloween episode thing. Yes. The candy corn dog. The candy corn dog. Ew. <laughs> candy, I'm, I'm one of those assholes that doesn't think that candy corns are gross, but I would think that's gross if you made it into a corn dog. You know, this is off topic, but candy corn is the one food that I can never tell if I like or not. I do, but I think it's just nostalgia. It might be. Like, such strong nostalgia that it overtakes my sensor, like, <laughs> like my taste sense buds. Your taste sense buds. Yeah, my sense of taste. I went to say sense of taste, and then I went to say taste buds, and that happened. Your old, your old buddy is the sense of taste. My old buddy, the sense of taste. Hey, hey Eddie, do you hear that? Hear what? Wee -oo, wee -oo, oh. Wee -oo, wee -oo. oh. Is that is that an alarm? No. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, I think the tooch is loose. The what? The tooch is loose, Eddie. So I'm going <laughs> to, I think Stanley Tucci is going to have a guest arc on this show. Not just one episode. I think there's going to be a competitor that opens up across the mall in the food court that sells sausages. Ooh, on a stick? No, not on a stick. Good. In a plate. Because that's in their ball court zone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know sports. <laughs> Me either, as you could tell by that wonderful reference. So he's going to be the manager of that, and there's going to be like a whole back and forth, like a rivalry throughout the season. I like that. You need a rival if you're going to have a restaurant show. Exactly. And I think there's going to be an episode where Tom Green guest stars, Ooh. just because like it's the grand opening ceremony of this sausage place. I like that cameo. And Tom Green's going to do his uh, Freddy Got Fingered song, where he just shows him and goes, Daddy, would you like some sausages? Oh Daddy, would you God. like some sausage? That's, that's fantastic. Keep going. And <laughs> <they're> <laughs> and uh, Laz and Fred, their plan is to sabotage it. So they're going to try and kidnap Tom Green. Don't kidnap Tom Green. How about this idea? <laughs> don't kidnap Tom Green. <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Okay. 
So I think season two of this show would be like, this is after the whole rivalry is over. But Lily, she's leaving to go to college. And Laz, he's stuck behind. So he's kind of worried, like, oh no, what's going to happen? And like, there's going to be a cliffhanger at the end of season one, like, oh, are they going to break up or not? We come back for season two. He's manager now because he single-handedly assassinated Tom Green and took down the sausage sausage restaurant. It's going to be called Sausage Fest. A lot of managers die in this show. A lot of managers. We made it that way, but <laughs> I mean, they do. You're not wrong. I'm not. So she's actually going to show back up because she's a business major and she's doing a an internship at the mall. And they're going to be like, oh, you're studying mallology. Like I said, the dumb one's going to, Fred is going to say that because he's an idiot and thinks that that's what it means. Yeah, because he has a peanut brain. Exactly. Mallology, of course, the study of malls, not to be confused with malaliology, which is the study of Megan Mullally. Yeah, everyone knows that. Stop being, stop acting stupid. You know, you know what that means. Exactly. It's been a thing. You, you don't. Don't act like it's weird. It's been a thing. What if Megan, what if Megan Mullally shows up? In this episode or like? In this show. Maybe she's, oh, she could be Lily's mom. Megan, I beg of you. We want you on our show. Yes. Be on our show. And bring your husband, Nick Offerman. Also, why are you listening to our show? That's true. You got Will and Grace to get back to. You have other things. Don't. Stop. Go home. Don't stop. Do believing. better things. Be better. Don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I think that would be like, that whole season would be essentially now she's managing him. Like, she's taking on management of them all. That'd be pretty cool. Did you say that she's married to Nick Offerman? Yeah, Megan Mullally is married to Nick Offerman. That is incredible. That's such a power couple. Nick Offerman is like one of my heroes. Like top five. He is a wonderful man with a wonderful mustache. Not just that. Like, okay, real quick rant about Nick Offerman. I I knew he was cool because I watched like Parks and Rec. But then like um, American Ham came out and I watched that and like delved into his background. He's just like such like a man like he like knows how to like make things out of wood and a knife like he can make like a canoe himself like a gorgeous handcrafted wood canoe like he's so talented my favorite thing is his laugh is the least likely from that man yeah like it's a giggle he like giggles he goes he which you need it like balances his personality so perfectly he is essentially the character of ron swanson in real life I know, and I didn't think that was possible when I watched the show because I was like, this is too good of a character. This can't be real, but it's real, and it exists, and it's Nick Offerman. Watch American Ham. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any other episode ideas? I mean, if you can squeeze Nick Offerman in there, even as a two-second cameo where he thinks that the corn dogs are garbage, I want it. So, like, what if he's, like, a health inspector? Oh, my God, yes, please. And he shows up. It's health inspection day. But a health inspector that, like, is Nick Offerman as a health inspector. Like, a health inspector that doesn't give a shit. Oh, what if 
like while there he's like moving stuff around like inspecting he sees like what is that on the floor and they go i can't tell if that's a corn dog or a dead rat nick offerman like picks it up takes a bite out of it goes yep it's a rat <laughs> I, I think it'd be funny he just like um goes how long have you changed if he was like how long have you changed the grease for me? he goes i don't know i think it's been about six months maybe he just looks at him smirks and goes well done son <laughs> like he just doesn't give a shit like he's all about the like you know nick offerman shit like he's a man he's essentially a like man. if ron swanson was a, was a health inspector right he's like an outdoorsy man like he doesn't give a shit about germs and, sh- and stuff he thinks that it makes you stronger you know like it's all about grit he's a gritty dude so yeah i think um i think that's about all we can squeeze out of these corn dogs on a stick on a stick what if Jeff Dunham was the manager after Mr. Hutt dies? How dare you? And he, like, tries to, like... How dare okay, you? Okay, wait, just for one episode, until he gets fired. He better get fired. Like, because he keeps trying to turn the corn dogs into puppets. If you have the caveat of him getting fired, I will allow it. Okay, he, he gets fired because he tries to turn all the corn dogs into puppets. I think he gets fired because of terrible marketing. <laughs> he, it's just because he's not funny enough. I like, I don't know why I'm, I'm like hating on him so much. Like, he's definitely made me laugh a lot, but I just can't get over the fact that he uses puppets. What if, like, it's a super meta episode and, like, Fox executives come in and they, like, look at Jeff Dunham and go, You're not testing well enough with the audiences. You're done. Ham. You're done, Ham. Ha, get it. No, I think he'd get fired for harassing customers with puppets. That could work. Like, he answers the, like, counter with the puppets. What if Nick Offerman opens up a shop, a food court shop, a restaurant, some people might call them, uh, and he calls it American Ham? And his, um, he works there with his son, who is, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) What a, what a team, right? What a team. And you could see that being his son. I, I want nothing more than a buddy comedy with those two now. That would be hilarious. If we can get Robert Downey Jr. to act with Zach Galifianakis, we can get Nick Offerman to do it. That's such a, like, that was such a smart move. Man. <laughs> now I'm sad. Now I'm sad. I want it all. I wish I could be a big-time producer person with good connections and stuff. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um... Thanks for listening. Uh, check out all of our social media stuff. It's at Unaired Podcast. Just Google Unaired. You'll find it. Uh, watch us through, not watch us, there's a podcast. Listen to us. Uh, go to fakebutts.com. Yep. And is it a website or is it just a domain name that we own right now? Oh, it just redirects. Oh, okay. I want to, can we like, we have, do we have hosting on it or is it just a domain name? It's just the domain, homie. I ain't spending more than $12 on a, on a goof like that. <laughs> no, that, that's that's fair. I was just wondering because I would love to make just like just a fake butt on a page in HTML. That's your that's your one goal in life. Hey, man, I got to have them. Got to have them. So, yeah, that's that's life on a stick and that's unaired. Thank you for listening. I'm Ed. And I'm Eddie. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Peace out.
Serious, a toaster can beat a dragon. Toasters can get really hot. Dragons breathe fire. To see how this and other battles end, find My Thing Can Beat Your Thing on iTunes and Google Play. And send your Thing sightings to at Thing Beats Thing on Twitter. For MTCBYT News, I'm a news person.